Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to Episode 2 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf. This time, it's two quarter-hour horror episodes of Stay Tuned for Terror, a series with special hometown connections for Carl and me, two lifelong Chicagoans. We played two episodes of Stay Tuned for Terror last year on our national radio series, Hollywood 360. Those are the first two episodes from Stay Tuned for Terror that had been discovered since the program was recorded in 1945. And we have two different episodes for you on this edition of Radio Rarities. These were recorded in 1945 at the Wrigley Building Studios in Chicago. And the scripts were penned by renowned author Robert Block. Block was best known for writing the novel Psycho, which Alfred Hitchcock had adapted for the movie of the same name, starring Anthony Perkins and Janet Leigh. Block's writing career lasted 60 years and included hundreds of short stories, novels, television episodes, and films. Block was born here in Chicago. His family moved to Milwaukee, and while there in high school, he published a story in Weird Tales, one of the more prominent pulp magazines of the time, which offered stories from fantasy to science fiction. And this led him to correspond with horror author H.P. Lovecraft, eventually becoming Lovecraft's protege, who urged Block to pursue his ambitions as an author. During the late 1930s and throughout the 1940s, Block wrote many stories which were published in Weird Tales, Astounding Science Fiction, and other magazines. He did this while working at an advertising agency in Milwaukee. It was during this stint that Block decided he would write his own radio horror series. He and fellow Milwaukeean James Doolittle, a radio actor and announcer, began a collaboration. Block would write the scripts with Doolittle as lead actor. By 1945, they began recording quarter-hour episodes of Stay Tuned for Terror. They wanted control over the series, so they decided to record the episodes and distribute them through syndication rather than have a network own it. Block and Doolittle convinced sportscaster and storyteller Johnny Neblett to produce the series. Who bankrolled it? Earl Adams. At that time, Adams was a talent agent promoting both actors and musicians. He would soon co-found Mercury Records, and then later, while in Hollywood, became a bigwig at MCA. Many of the episodes were adaptations of Block's own pulp stories, which he had retained the rights to. A total of 39 episodes were recorded. In this podcast, we're about to present episodes 31 and 36. Episode 31 is Wine of the Wizard, which was published in the November 1940 issue of Weird Tales as Wine of the Sabbath. Of the 39 Stay Tuned for Terror episodes, Block wrote eight that were original radio dramas. These stories have not been published in any other format, either prior or since their broadcast on radio. 
Black's fans have been searching for these gems for literally, and I mean literally, decades. The Man Who Raised the Dead is one of these eight original stories, and it was episode 36 in the series. Now that we've covered the history of the series, what about the cast and crew? James Doolittle starred in each of these thrillers using the stage name Craig Dennis. His brother Don Doolittle was the announcer and often had a supporting role. Other cast members include Wilms Herbert. Wilms Herbert? Now, wasn't he Sergeant Otis on Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell? Right, and you'll also hear Elmira Rosler in the second episode. Howard Keegan, who had previously directed Lights Out, was at the helm for this series. One of Chicago's prominent radio organists, Ramel Fay, was at the council. I'll bet you'll recognize the theme music, Lisa. I do, Carl Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Block chose it as a tribute to the universal horror films. So now, here's Wine of the Wizard and The Man Who Raised the Dead, episodes 31 and 36 of Stay Tuned for Terror. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for terror. Stay tuned for shivers and excitement. Listen to Craig Dennis in Wine of the Wizard. Written by Robert Block for Weird Tales magazine and adapted by the author especially for this program. You'll hear it now if you... Stay tuned for terror. And now, here is Craig Dennis in Wine of the Wizard.
dreams are funny things. In this one, I was standing in a great mansion filled with statues and paintings and rare pottery. It belonged to my distant cousin, Elwyn Kent. Kent had just died and left this house to me. I had never known my cousin very well. He was an older man, quite wealthy, and I didn't understand. But I had the key and here I was, all alone in the big mansion, all alone. The sound of the door knocker startled me. Who would call at the house of a dead man? I went to the door. A little fat man with a bald head was standing there, smiling at me. He spoke with a strange eagerness. You are Mr. Jason Hyde? I am. My name is Orsak. I knew your late cousin very well. We shared the same hobby, collecting strange and curious things. I, I would like to talk to you. Business. All right. Come in. Uh, business, you said? Yes, business. I was wondering if you might wish to sell me something. Something in your cousin's collection. Here, not so fast. I'm going to have someone in to appraise the value of this stuff first. But what were you interested in? Books? Paintings? Statuary? No, no, Mr. Hyde. I want to buy the wine. Wine? Yes, it's in the cellar. You didn't know about the wine, did you? Your cousin has thousands of bottles sent to him from all over. Old wine. Rare wine, wine from Egyptian tombs, wine from forgotten monasteries, wine from all over the world. But all I want is one bottle, Mr. Hyde. Yes, just one particular bottle. We went down to the cellar, the strange little man and I, and it was just as he said. The bottles stood on racks, row on row of them, bottles of all sizes and shapes, old and dusty bottles. I brushed away the cobwebs, and Orsak's little eyes glittered feverishly. He was looking for something, and at last, he found it. There. There it is. What is it you've got? Hey, let me see that bottle. Hmm, heavy, isn't it? Can't tell anything about the liquor inside, though. It doesn't matter. Just an old Arabian wine. I'll pay well for it, Mr. Hyde. Very well. Shall we say $100? A hundred dollars? Wait a minute. If it's worth that much, I want to see it. This should be good stuff. Wait. You're not going to open the bottle, are you? Why not? But you can't. I mean, please, it isn't safe. What do you mean I can't open it? What's all the mystery about, anyway? Of course I'll open it. If I can get the seal off. It's corked so tight. There. There. Leave the cork in. You fool! No! No! Yes, master. Look. Look at the smoke. That figure rising out of the bottle, like a giant. That's no giant. That's a genie. One of the monsters King Solomon sealed up in bottles. Don't you understand? It obeys the owner of the bottle. Now, give me the bottle quickly. What are you doing, man? Put down that gun. 
You would harm my master. No, I kill. No, no, stop him. He's choking me. No, no. Ah, ah. In a moment, it, it was all over. The genie flowed back into the bottle like smoke. I put the cork back in and just stood there. Orsak, Orsak was gone. There was nothing left but a red cluster on the floor. The genie had picked him up in his great hands and crushed him to a pulp. I got out of that house fast, but I took the bottle with me. I had to, no telling whom I'd stumble on such a horror and open it by mistake. A genie, an elemental monster was lurking there. What could I do? I had to tell someone what had happened, someone I could trust. There was only Mabel, my fiance. So I went to her apartment and told her. There, you see? That's how it happened. And now I have a genie. A genie in this bottle. Why, how wonderful. Wonderful? Of course. Didn't this man, this uh, Orsak, tell you the genie would obey you as his master? Well, you can command this genie to do anything for you. Oh, think of it, darling. You can have anything you want. Oh, we'll be rich and we... No. What's the matter? It's an evil demon. It kills. I'll never let it out again. All I want to do is destroy it. I must find a way to get rid of it forever. But, darling, we can have everything. Everything. No. We must get rid of it, I tell you. We must. Oh, Jason, I'm sorry. This has been a terrible strain for you, hasn't it? You're tired. You can't think. You ought to sleep. Here, stretch out on the sofa in the next room and rest for a while. I'll go out and do some errands. When I come back, we can talk it all over. Yes. Yes, Mabel. That might be best. But lock the door. Nobody must find that bottle. I slept when Mabel left, but not for long. Something disturbed me. The opening of the door. It was Mabel coming back and sneaking in quietly. I meant to get up, but I waited. I wanted to find out what she was up to. Perhaps she thought I was crazy and had called the police. But no. He said all you had to do was open the bottle. I'm not afraid of this genie. I'm going to open this bottle. Who disturbs me? Mabel! Mabel! In heaven's name, stop! You are not my master. No! No, get away! Not no. my master. No, get away. I shall kill! Mabel! Somehow my, my trembling hands pushed the cork back into the bottle. I can't bear to describe what the genie had done. But Mabel was dead. Dead, do you hear? I sat there, trying to think. How could I get rid of the demon? It wasn't safe in the bottle. No matter where I hid the thing, sooner or later someone would find it. 
Then I heard them knocking on the door. Somebody had heard the noise. It would be the police. They would take me. They wouldn't believe my story about the demon. They would laugh at me, say I killed Orsak and Mabel. I would show them the bottle and they'd think I was crazy. And they would open the bottle and let the demon out again. They couldn't let the genie out. They couldn't. But how could I stop them? Then I thought of a way. So I did it. I did it. I opened the bottle just as they broke down the door and had the genie forever. That's my story, gentlemen. It was all a dream, don't you see? It never happened. I came to visit Mabel. She showed me a bottle of wine. I drank it and fell asleep. She must have gone out and left me here. When you broke down the door just now, I woke up from my nightmare. That's what happened, isn't it, gentlemen? Not exactly. We don't send her on the homicide squad to break down doors because a man has a nightmare. Then... And you mean there was a genie? Of course not. That bottle is open and empty. But you didn't dream most of your story. You did inherit a house and you did go out there. That's where you murdered this man, Orsak. Then you came back here. And for some reason, you killed your fiance, Mabel Fisk. Jason Hyde, I arrest you for murder. But you can't. I didn't do it. If they're dead, it was the demon. The genie in that bottle. There is no genie in the bottle. I know it. Didn't I say I did something to hide it before you broke down the door? I... I opened the bottle and swallowed the genie. It's inside me now. Nonsense, Hyde. You're insane. Insane, am I? Why are you opening your mouth? Great heavens! That smoke coming out! No! It can't be! That shape! Stop! Stop! <laughs> You have just heard Craig Dennis in Wine of the Wizard, adapted for radio by Robert Block from his story in Weird Tales magazine. Stay Tuned for Terror is directed by Howard Keegan, with original music by Romel Fay. In just a moment, we'll tell you about the next story in Stay Tuned for Terror. In the meantime... You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Shadow, Jack Benny, Gunsmoke, Dragnet, The Whistler, and Abbott and Costello, consider joining the Classic Radio Club. Each month, members receive 10 of the greatest classic radio shows of all time. As curator, the 10 shows I select will be the best sound quality and the most popular, along with a rare show sprinkled in to add to the fun. I'll also send you historical liner notes, plus photos of the radio stars. Members also receive 
receive an email each week with a link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show. The links never expire, so you can listen to Hollywood 360 whenever you'd like. The first month membership fee is only $1, with each additional month under $10. And you can cancel at any time with no obligation. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you're supporting this show, so we thank you very much. Join the Classic Radio Club at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. Now back to Radio Rarities. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for terror. Stay tuned for creeps and shudders. Listen to Craig Dennis in The Man Who Raised the Dead. Written by Robert Block, author of stories in Weird Tales magazine, and adapted by the author especially for this program. You'll hear it now if you... Stay tuned for... Dennis in The Man Who Raised the Dead. My name is Mitre, Gregory Mitre. You never heard of me? That is not strange. Why should you remember the name of an obscure professor from Switzerland? And yet, I could have been famous. The name of Professor Gregory Mitre might have gone down in history forever. Greater than Lister, Pasteur, Einstein. Because I am the only man in the world, the only man in the world who can raise the dead. 
Years ago, I had a brilliant reputation. I practiced in the great cities all over Europe. If you do not believe me, ask my assistant who has been with me all these years. Ask Joseph. Yeah, it is true. Professor Gregory Mitre is a scientific genius. I have assisted him in his experiments for 12 years. In his laboratory, I have seen him perform miracles. I know that he can bring the dead back to life. What a gift I might have given to the world if only they had let me work without interference. I was doing research in Vienna. I had almost reached my goal when Hitler marched into Austria. I fled to Switzerland. My associates kept in close touch with me. They helped me to establish my laboratory here in Basel. And from the battlefronts, they brought me what I needed, preserved and packed in ice, the bodies, the bodies of men to raise from the dead. I worked for years as the war went on. Sometimes it seemed as though I were fighting the war single-handed. It was me and my work against the legions of death. There was no lack of subjects in those years. Hitler saw to that. The bodies came on neutral planes, and I would take them into the laboratory and thaw them out. Then Joseph and I went to work. The electrodes are placed, Professor. Good. Now let's have the power. Step it up. Adrenaline. Ready. Make the injection. I'll step it up to the limit. have failed again. But the body, I saw it stir. There's just a galvanic reaction. Something is missing. Too bad. This poor lad here might have lived again. Yeah, it is a pity. We see so many these days, just boys. That is Hitler's work. Well, we still have our work. Do not despair, Joseph. Eventually, we will succeed. Before this war is over, I promise you, we shall bring the dead to life again. I went on like that, year after year, time after time. New machines, new inventions, new discoveries. We tried them all. Sulfur drugs and penicillin combined with shock therapy. And always I failed. It was as if the Creator refused to give up his final secret to man. And then the stranger came to me. I'll never forget the day, for it was the day the war ended. The day the Russians marched into Berlin. Yes, out of the night the stranger came with his big black cart straight from the airport. He had just returned from the front with a fresh body. <laughs> So you are the famous Professor Mitre, eh? I'm pleased to meet so illustrious a colleague. I know of your work, and I'm here to help you. Who are you? I am Dr. Eichbaum. Eichbaum? The Nazi? You fool! I'm no Nazi. 
I'm a scientist like yourself. I stayed in Germany, yes, but it was my duty to help keep science alive there. I had to pretend to accept their way of life. But the Nazis are finished now, my friend. And I got out just in time on one of the last planes. I did what I planned to do. I came to you. But why? Because I know of your experiments. You want to raise the dead, huh? You've tried every scientific means, but always you have failed. That is correct, isn't it? Yes, I have failed. For centuries, men have tried to raise the dead. Scientists always fail, but others do not fail. Others? What others? Those you scientists laugh at. Those you don't believe in. Sorcerers. Sorcerers? The men who experiment in fields your science does not recognize. The men who brew chemical potions you know nothing of. The men who seek the elixir of life. The elixir of life? Ah, that's, a, that's an old fable. I have it here, in this vial. Look at it. Just a drop. A single drop. The Gestapo took it from a dying magician in Dusseldorf. It came to me as a scientist. There's just enough here to animate one body. A single injection only. But surely you don't believe in this? You can't. My friend, for years I have admired your work. I vowed that when the time comes, I would come to you and help you. I wanted you to have the satisfaction of seeing your dream come true. Besides, I dared not try it myself in Germany. We are safe here. If you are ready, we can make the experiment tonight. It's only an injection. What? The subject? I have no fresh subjects on end now. That is all arranged, Professor. I brought a body from Berlin. It wasn't difficult, I assure you. Berlin is filled with corpses today. I have it packed in ice outside. We can bring it in, put it under the heat and get to work. Tonight, Professor, you and I make history. Tonight? We will raise the dead. It was fantastic, but I agreed. Hours later, we stood under the glaring lights of the laboratory. The body had thawed out. We bent over it, and Eichbaum took out the vial containing the elixir of life. It is not a very good specimen. The face is burned no time to get another. We can try plastic surgery after we revive him. But if we wait a day, I can get another body. No. I insist we do it now. I have my reasons, I assure you. Here, I've transferred the elixir to this syringe. Do you wish to make the injection? Yes. Under the heart. Go ahead, Professor. Now. There. It is done. Let us see. Get back. Quiet, man. Professor, look. His arm. It's moving. Wunderschön. I have not failed. He's alive. Yes. Yes, he is alive. Why? Why? He, he's trying to sit up. Wait. His throat is moving. I'll speak to him. He may be trying to talk. What is your name? What is your name? Bend down. He's whispering. Yes, yes. He's answering me. I can hear him. No! Professor, what are you doing? Eichbaum, you 
You must, Hutt. Now I know why you came to me. I know what you tried to do, but you won't succeed. Stop. Put down that gun. I won't stop. I won't stop. <laughs> Professor. You... You killed him. And... And you killed the man you revived. I know. Joseph. Our experiments are over. We shall never try to bring the dead to life again. But... But why did you kill Eichbaum? And the man you revived? Because now I know why Eichbaum brought him here and who he was. He whispered his name to me. Yes? Who was he? That corpse with the burned face was Adolf Hitler. <laughs> just heard Craig Dennis in The Man Who Raised the Dead, written by Robert Block, author of stories in Weird Tales magazine, and adapted by the author for this program. Stay Tuned for Terror is directed by Howard Keegan, with original music by Romel Fay. In just a moment, we'll tell you about the next story in Stay Tuned for Terror. In the meantime... Well, Lisa, those were some mighty scary stories. Wartime radio sure had many solutions to defeat maniacal dictators. As much notoriety that Block had attained for Psycho and works in television such as Star Trek's episode What Are Little Girls Made Of? and Wolf in the Fold, his radio work, including Stay Tuned for Terror, is relatively unknown. Well, I'm glad we could do our part to promote his legacy. I hope that our listeners enjoy these episodes as much as we did. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. We hope you enjoyed it. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Costella is our executive producer, and the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll bring you an unusual episode from the comedy series The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show. So thanks for listening. everyone, this is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.